2022 is coming and that's the midterm elections and that is when we have to get people elected to take on everything the Republican Party is doing uh, that is dangerous and certainly attacking civil rights. And my guest, Becca Ballant, is doing just that. She is running for Congress uh, in 2022. She is running for the open seat in Vermont uh, as Congressman Pete Welch uh, announced he will be running for U.S. Senator as Senator Patrick Leahy has uh, announced he is retiring. Uh, Becca Ballant is the first woman to serve as uh, the leader in the Senate. Uh, she's a Vermont state senator, President Pope pro tempore and majority leader. Uh, she is the first lesbian elected to the Vermont Senate, and she wants to become the first lesbian elected to Congress from Vermont, and we want to help her to do that and, and help you to learn uh, more about her. And her website is Becca com. It's B-E-C-C-A-B-A-L-I-N-T.com, where you can check her out, help her out, and I'm so glad to be able to speak with her. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for inviting me. So congratulations on the announcement. Uh, tell us what made you decide that this was the moment you wanted to run for national office, uh, having served uh, in the state legislature in Vermont uh, for a number of years. Well, you know, we are facing enormous challenges right now. Um, certainly the pandemic is still raging on. Um, our Republican uh, leaders are, are not admitting that fact. Uh, pandemic's raging on. Working families are struggling, um, really committed to, to climate action as the planet burns. But, you know, I was really interested to what you said at the top because democracy itself is at risk. The future is absolutely perilous, and we can't tackle – the challenges that we have before us in policy if we remain so dangerously divided. So I've definitely been somebody who has shown up in the state house ready to have really hard conversations, to show up, keep digging in, trying to cross those divides. And um, we have got to face the darkness. We've got people in D.C. who literally want to destroy the democracy. And this is the fight of, of my generation, and I'm, I'm all in. Talk about your time uh, in Vermont politics um, and and about Vermont, a place that so many people look to uh, as a progressive bastion. And, and we uh, certainly look to it as a beautiful place, a place I've visited many times and just love. Uh, and talk about it, though, when you're living there and on the ground and you're deep in politics there, uh, being one of the people who had a lot of firsts, the first openly gay person serving uh, as in, in the Senate, the first woman in a leadership position. Tell us a bit about it. Yeah, you know, it has been a really interesting time for me um, to think on where I came from when, you know, when I first ran. Um, I had taught for many, many years in um, both pro public and private schools and also in the Community College of Vermont as a history teacher. And that has really shaped um, how I've shown up to do my work is really thinking about the long arc that it takes to make change. And as you said, you know, I was the first woman to lead the Senate. I wasn't elected to that position um, until last year. Uh, never had a woman in that position before. Only gay woman to serve in that chamber. And 
It is, um, like many states in New England, we're uh, an aging population in Vermont, overwhelmingly white, and yes, um, oftentimes progressive. But, you know, being in that space that doesn't often make room for other voices, you know, I've really had to figure out a way to make connections to my colleagues who perhaps haven't really thought about issues around gender and sexuality and, and racial justice. And so one of the challenges uh, that I, I really relish is getting people to talk across race and class and other divisions and really connecting them at their core to what it means to be a Vermonter um, in these small communities. Because we're really, we're such a tiny state. And we, I often say we're kind of a, a state that's one big neighborhood and we all have just a few degrees of separation from each other. And so when we start tuning people out, when we start alienating people within our community, we're really hurting ourselves. We're really hurting, you know, our community. And so I'm so pleased that I've been able to do that kind of work um, across the aisle and across class. And we've gotten some really big things done in Vermont uh, around uh, paid sick leave and minimum wage increases and investments in, in housing. But we still have some really important things we need to do at the federal level. Um, one of the main ones for me is Medicare for all. And this pandemic has shown us that you, you, we have to decouple our insurance from our places of employment. And, you know, it impacts marginalized people uh, much more so than the mainstream. And I see people going into debt because of their, their health care bills. And so I really try to bring all of what I do back down to the people in my community and making it relevant to them. I want to again tell people, uh, who want to go to the website and check you out, uh, and, and, and help out, uh, Becca Ballant, B-E-C-C-A-B-A-L-I-N-T dot com and on Twitter at Becca Ballant VT, Vermont, uh, you just were talking about some of the key issues that progressives have been uh, really fighting for, and certainly on this program, we've been talking a lot. And in the past few days, uh, really frustrated about watching uh, the Build Back Better bill, which the House yeah. did pass, now in the Senate uh, being stalled uh, by Joe Manchin, who has stalled yeah. it uh, for quite some yeah. time. Uh, and, of course, Voting rights, something so important uh, for moving forward and something so important for 2022. When you see what's happening in Washington and you see the battles and you see the uh, difficulty, particularly in the Senate and the closeness yeah. uh, in the House, uh, which yeah. Yeah. we hope isn't any closer next year. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> tell us your thoughts on, on, on possibly joining in all of that and, and what you could possibly do uh, to, to try to help in, in, in changing that situation, what, what we all need to do. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's, such a, it's such a great question and one I think about a lot. What can one person do, right? And I've gotten that question a lot here in Vermont. Why would I leave my position of power in the Vermont State Senate to go be a part of a much larger, um, some people would say, uh, very dysfunctional group. But the truth is, like, we get our best work done in teams and not as individuals. And what I see happening right now in the House is that you've got a lot of deeply committed people um, on the left, and they are trying to move some really important policy uh, planks in, in 
things that will you know, greatly improve the lives of Americans across the country. And so I really hope that I'm going to be able to bring together, help to bring together the, the different um, the different wings of our party. And certainly in within Vermont, we've got uh, the great Bernie Sanders, and uh, we also have uh, Patrick Leahy, who's been there for, for decades fighting the good fight in the Judiciary Committee. And, you know, they show up differently in the way that they do their work, but at their core, they are trying to move together um, in their own way, progressive legislation. And yeah, the, the frustration with Joe Manchin right now is like absolutely palpable. When I talk to constituents here in Vermont, they say, how can this man not be standing up for rural working class people who want, you know, a, a better life for themselves and their kids? And so, you know, it is I'm not naive. I know it's you know, we have a lot of tough battles ahead of us. But when we stand with working families, we win. And I want to see this president be successful. So I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that his bold agenda um, is passed, because that's what American families need right now. And certainly those of us who are queer families, we absolutely need government that's showing up for us. You would be a first as well uh, in Congress, uh, the first uh, woman uh, elected statewide in Vermont to a federal office, uh, certainly first uh, lesbian as well. And, and you just talked about the needs of LGBTQ people. We've seen really dire, um, you know, signs from the Supreme Court uh, yes. for LGBTQ yeah. people and for women. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. we're worried. We're worried about uh, the Equality Act, uh, which, again, because of the filibuster, which is affecting voting rights and everything else, isn't going to be yeah. passed as well. So talk about representation. We have uh, more openly gay members of Congress than ever, but... Um, it's certainly not nearly as representative as it should be. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, uh, there's this picture that was in um, uh, in uh, on all the social media platforms and in the newspapers um, when when Trump was in office, and there was a whole group of men in a conference room um, talking about healthcare reforms and how it impact women, and it was a group of you know forty white old dude sitting around talking about, you know, women's health. And we are not at that same place right now, but when we are talking about rights for LGBTQ uh, plus Americans, and we have a uh, absolute epidemic of violence against black trans women, like we need representation from these communities that are so impacted because their stories are uh, you know, at their core and essentially an American story. People want to be seen and heard and accepted for who they are. And we as everyday Americans, we can stand up for people within our community. We don't have to be um, a trans person or a queer person or, you know, someone who is living on the margins to be good allies. And I think all of us need to think about how we show up every day day in and day out with everyday courage and bravery for those people who are not represented. And of course, we have to work on campaigns that get people into those offices, more women, more queer people, more trans people, more people of color, because that is the only way that we are going to have a healthy functioning democracy.
You're also a mom, and uh, that's representation, too, particularly for queer uh, people. I think Angie Craig was the first uh, mom who was a lesbian elected to Congress. There's so many different facets of being LGBTQ. Uh, tell yeah. us about that aspect as well. You know, it is such a wonderful thing to have started my political career when my kids were very small. Um, so I'll just tell you really quickly, my my wife had gotten tired of me complaining about the political scene uh, in Vermont. And she said, you know, put your hat in the ring. You've always wanted to do it. You probably won't win. And I said, but our kids are so tiny. They were at that point in um, preschool and kindergarten. And she said, it's okay. You're, you know, nobody wins the first time out. And then, of course, like I won the primary, won the general, and we looked at each other and thought, oh, my gosh, how are we going to make this work? Because the capital in Vermont is two hours away from where we live. And what's been so beautiful is to watch the way that our community has really rallied around us, helping take care of our dogs, helping picking our kids up from school, you know, making sure that we as moms, you know, working moms can do the work to represent our community while also having our our kids well taken care of. And now there's 11 and 14 and a teen and a tween, and they know so much about the work that I do. And they are so proud of me, not just because I am, you know, a politician showing up, but they're really proud of me that I'm a queer politician Mm. and that I've been so open and vulnerable about who I am and where I come from in the work that I'm doing And I see so much possibility when I look into their eyes and when we have really lively conversations at dinner about Joe Manchin and also around Kristen Sinema and what she isn't isn't doing. Like, they are fully engaged citizens Mm. and they believe, they believe that they can also participate in the democracy. And Mm. I didn't feel that way as, you know, as a teenager. So it's, it's beautiful. And of course, like exhausting. Being a parent is exhausting. <laughs> yes. yeah. um, you're also uh, contributing being a Vermonter. You alluded to this earlier about Bernie Sanders. Uh, you have a state yeah. that has a senator who is uh, a democratic socialist, the only yeah. self-identified uh, democratic socialist, an independent who has... Yeah. Uh, done enormous work, uh, certainly at shifting a lot of the yeah. uh, agenda of the Democratic Party and right now has a lot of influence. And then you have a Republican governor, Phil Scott, who's not like the rest of the Republican Party. I know there are real differences, but certainly yeah. not like the people who are now, um, y- you know, uh, threatening to take over Congress and, and right. th- threatening democracy. Talk a couple of minutes about that. We just have a couple of minutes, but I wanted to get your Yeah, thought. Vermont's really interesting in that way. Um, and generally, our cycle of, you know, the governorship goes back and forth between, you know, moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans swinging back and forth between the two. And, you know, I don't agree with our Republican governor on everything, um, but we have open lines of communication. He is by no means um, a, an, ex, an extremist. He's not a Trumpster. And um, at his core, he also believes um, in, the, in the power of community um, to get things done. And so, yeah, it's an interesting situation right now to have really the biggest national icon of the progressive movement 
uh, right yes. now. Um, you know, nationally, right? Who's more popular than Bernie Sanders? Like nobody, right? And so mm-hmm. what's been so great to see is that he has been absolutely unwavering and steadfast in his message. And um, if, if people have a few minutes, you should just Google online when Bernie had his own um, public access TV show in Burlington when he was mayor, because it is exactly the same message that he's always had. And so mm-hmm. there's something really refreshing about that of just like, this is who I am. This is what I bring. And I'm going to show up in that same way every time. And, and I hope to take the best parts of that with me um, to DC. I hope I get there. Well, we uh, have uh, just loved speaking with you and, and helping to bring that message and hope everybody listening will go to, uh, Becca Ballant and, um, see more about you. It's so great to speak with you. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's really been a pleasure. And you can follow Becca Ballant, who's running for Congress, uh, the open seat in 2022 from Vermont and who is now Vermont State Senator at Becca Ballant VT on Twitter. We're back in a couple of minutes. The Michelangelo Signorelli Show on Sirius XM.